Hey everybody, welcome to JTalk. I'm your host Janine. This is episode 6. This episode is just kind of giving a little insight of how different it is from where I grew up to where I live now. Now I grew up in the Midwest in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Uh, There's not a lot of people up there, but I did live in a lot of places in Michigan. I spent the majority of my life living there. And then I moved to the South. Uh, things, there's a lot of things that are, you know, similar, but there's a lot of things that are very different. Uh, for example, something, and this might be silly, but up North, I had a mom who I grew up, who she really couldn't cook. I mean, she could cook. Don't get me wrong. She knew how to cook. She just wasn't a great cook. She had her few things that she could make, loved her meatloaf, but most things were pretty bland, not seasoned very well. And then I got a, a new mom, basically, who could cook anything, and it was always good. And then I moved to the South. And, um, you know, it's a different world here. And every person that I met that was a mom could cook and could cook quite well. Uh, it's like, you know, Southern food. I should be huge, really. <laughs> Um, Southern food's pretty good. I am a sucker for fried chicken and biscuits and, well, just about anything, really. But everything here is seasoned more. Um, They cook a lot with fat back. There's always salt and pepper and everything, and everything's seasoned really well. And so I took basically what I learned from up north from my godmother, who taught me a lot about cooking. And I've taken what I've learned here watching my mother-in-law and my children's great-grandmother, um, both amazing cooks, and I've kind of combined everything, so I can I can really whip up some interesting stuff. But, I mean, just something as simple as that. I mean, everyone here that I met that could not cook wasn't a mom. It was. It's almost like in the South, once you become a mom, you can automatically cook. There's something to it. I don't know. But just there's a lot of things that are different. Um, so, for example, you know, the weather of course, it's going to be different. You know, where I grew up, there was snow, you know, half the year, basically, and a lot of snow. But everybody knew how to drive. It wasn't just ice. And there was probably some ice, but, you know, they sent the trucks out every morning at 2 a.m. to drop down gravel and dirt, and then ice trucks were right behind them. So, you know, you were used to getting up and shoveling snow before school and going to school and, you know, negative one, negative two, negative five, negative ten, whatever. Um, wind chills were nothing of, you know, nothing unusual to us up there. And if you lived in some places like where I lived when I went to my second year of college, I lived on the lake. So Lake Superior is really cold lake. And it, one thing that separates us from Canada. And so some of the weather there was unbearable. You'd walk out of your dorm room and go walking across campus and get blasted with ice cold wind. It was like, oh, can I just go to bed? You didn't even want to bother. But, you know, the summers usually weren't too bad. I mean, I remember a few times when I lived in lower Michigan in my 20s, there was um, a few days where the heat index was 112 degrees, which was something, you know, unusual. But you had a few weeks of major humidity in June and Yeah, that was pretty much it. It was usually pretty mild summers, 70s, 80s, sometimes in the 90s if you were lucky. But when I moved to the south, oh my God. I mean, the summer days, where I live now, 
when I first moved to the South, okay, so when I first moved, I was in South Carolina, and the summers were ungodly. I mean, I'd be on my way to work in the morning. I used to work in a bank. So I had to be to work at 8 o'clock, 8.30 in the morning. It'd already be 75 degrees at 8 o'clock, 8.30 in the morning in, you know, and it'd be April or May. But, you know, of course, as it goes on, it'd be 80 degrees by the time it hit 8.30 in the morning. There were days it was 80s, 90s, and it was humid and just hot. And there were plenty of days where it felt like you just opened the oven door when it was set at 400 and just let the heat blast you. Where I live now, I'm in the mountains, and it's a good 10 degree temperature difference, and it's amazing. But even still, it has really hot days. Um, we don't get a lot of snow here. We do still get some snow on occasion. I've gone, I've been here, I don't know, 10 years. I've gone a couple of winters where I haven't seen any snow whatsoever. And then I've had winters where, you know, we've had storms that dumped 11 inches of snow on us, and it made me think I was in Michigan again. Big difference when it snows here. Uh, when it snows here, people should not drive. Um, there's a lot of, you know, it's mountains, so... A lot of hills, a lot of curves, and a lot of ice. Things here tend to freeze pretty quickly, and or they'll start to melt and they'll freeze. And nobody knows how to drive on ice, let alone um, should be, they shouldn't be driving. Absolutely not. I tend to not drive. I mean, I know how to drive in Michigan snow, Michigan weather. I can handle that. I can handle a whiteout where I can see three feet in front of me in Michigan. Here, you can forget it. I'm not driving in this. I don't, and it's not so much me that I'm worried about or the ice that I'm even worried about. It's the other people driving. They terrify me. Now, I've heard a friend of mine who had a father, I believe, that had been all over the world. And they said that the worst drivers in the world were here. Now, where I grew up, they've got some pretty bad drivers. I grew up being told, if you can drive here, you can drive anywhere. I don't do too bad driving here, but there are moments where I wonder why I even bother. But... Um, the snow is pretty interesting. You know, usually, uh, sometimes we'll get like a, a big snowstorm and, you know, it might only be five, six inches of snow, which isn't much for someone like me, but to drive out in it, it takes two days for a snowplow to go past my house. So I'm like, really? It takes that long? Because they're just not equipped for it. It's not in their budget, if you will, to have the kind of road care like that in the wintertime. They should because they're in the mountains, and this is something that I've argued so many times saying, if you're in the mountains, just because you don't get snow all the time doesn't mean you won't, and you need to be prepared for it. They have maybe two of these big, huge trucks that go out, and I've, I've seen them drop a little bit of dirt now. They're getting a little smarter about it, but, you know, they maybe have two of those trucks, but then they have all these basically like F-150s and F-250s with plows on the front. You go back home where I grew up, anyone that is, you know, a regular guy that owns an F-150 or an F-250 for everyday life, probably has a boss snowplow on the front of it. It's not an uncommon thing. And they'll just plow their road or their driveway or their neighbor's driveway and, you know, the old lady down the street. It's just what it is. And then rainstorms. So we can have where it will just rain every single day. It'll rain and rain and rain and rain and do nothing else but rain. Um, one of the big places here, I don't know, this was probably about five years ago, I guess, uh, the Biltmore Estate. Um, it's the world... Uh, yeah, it's America's largest home. Um, it's a historic home, and there's a what they call an approach road. So when you pull up to this estate, there's like a little gift shop out there, and there's a gate that you go through, 
and you follow the road up to the second gate, and the second gate, you go through that, and then you can go up and see the house and their little village up there at the winery and everything. And on their first half of the approach road, when you go through the first gate, about five years ago, we had so much rain that it literally uh, collapsed one of the banks on the side of the road. So um, it goes next to the French Broad River. The French Broad River runs through this estate and um, through the property. And the water had gotten so high that the bank collapsed all the way up to the edge of the road. They had to block that lane off more than once. They've shut the road down. They had to literally rebuild the bank and reinforce the bank. So we've had that. But then, you know, a real rainstorm? Jesus. A real thunderstorm here lasts, I mean, maybe a good 10, 20 minutes. I've never seen a real thunderstorm that's, you know, wind blowing, thunder, you know, thunder rolling, lightning, never lasts long at all. Maybe, like I said, 10, 20 minutes at most. But where I grew up, you know, I'm sure it rains for days there too sometimes. It's been flooded before. But a real thunderstorm, oh, that sucker can last a good hour, knock your power out, have you looking in the sky to see if there's any funnel clouds. I mean, it's a real rainstorm. I get, I, I used to be terrified of thunderstorms and tornadoes and all that stuff. And I got here and I thought, well, dang, that's it. Ten minutes, it's over. I've gone storm chasing in Michigan with my godmother and um, her one of her girlfriends at the time, you know, a long time ago. But And it was a good, long storm. We chased it for a while, too, and we were probably out for a couple hours. But it's not like that here at all. It's a very rare occurrence if it lasts that long, even, you know, 30, 40 minutes. If it lasts that long, it's amazing. Just so many just ridiculous things. I know, I mean, I'm in kind of what you'd call a valley. Um, we're not the highest elevation. Uh, you drive 20 minutes and you're in a higher elevation. Without a doubt, it doesn't take much to get there. We're not the lowest elevation either, but we don't have to cook things differently because we're in a higher elevation or anything like that. It's not that extreme. I think it's, you know, 21, I don't know, 2,100 feet above sea level or something like that. When you get up into 35, you know, that's where it really hits. You know, when the snow comes, they'll tell you, okay, well, they're going to get snow above 3,500 feet. So we might get some. We might not. We might get just as much. We might get a few things. We might not see any at all. It's really hard to predict. Um, the temperatures don't get that low here either. Um, over the years, I don't, I mean, maybe got it down to single digits once or twice. Um, not too many times, but mostly in the wintertime it stays in, you know, sometimes might get in the twenties, maybe, but it usually stays in the thirties, um, you know, 30 to 35 degrees, something like that. It usually stays above freezing most of the time. Um, where in Michigan, you're lucky if it was above freezing. Uh, you were lucky if it was above five below half the time because it was awfully cold. And I know their weather's changed up there too. Um, you know, they had one year where they had snow longer than normal. And then times where they didn't have hardly any snow for a long time. You know, it used to snow before, you know, I remember trick-or-treating in Halloween and getting, we were trick-or-treating in the snow. This past year on Halloween here, I took my kids trick-or-treating in 80-degree weather. It wasn't sweltering hot 80-degree weather. It wasn't humid 80-degree weather, but it was 80-degree weather nonetheless. Now, even that was something different for us here because just about every single Halloween that I've lived here, it's rained almost every year. One year on Thanksgiving, it was 70 degrees. This past Christmas, it was about 65 degrees, 70 degrees. Like those couple of days surrounding Christmas, we had a good 70-degree weather. It was really shocking. 
So, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, you really have no idea. Now, something that's really different, you know, where I grew up, the culture is very, shall we say, white, so to speak. Um, most people that you see around you um, at that time when I lived there, um, there were very few people from different cultures. Um, you might have had a few Asian people here and there, a few black people, um, probably more Indian. Um, as far as I'm, when I say Indian, I mean Native Americans. Let me be more specific. Um, you might see more there. Um, and of course, there's the Italians who, you know, aren't exactly white either. Uh, there was probably a good portion of those, but majority of what you saw was white people. And, you know, up north they teach you that, you know, they teach you about the wars and stuff and how far the South had come from slavery and racism and all these other things. Then you move to the South and you get here and you expect things to be a certain way. And instead it's a culture shock. Um, you know, I went to a college my first year that was like 80% black. So it wasn't that. Um, there was all kinds of people, you know, from all walks of life there, different colors, different races. It didn't matter. Everybody together. But when you come to the South, it's a culture shock, not so much of the races of people and the different kinds of people that you see. It's a culture shock because you realize that everything you thought you knew about the South before you left up north, you need to forget. And that's exactly what you need to do. I mean, there is a such thing as Southern hospitality with, you know, there's, there's no question. Um, people are kind and generous and willing to help most of the time. Um, but, you know, people in the South are very quick to, they're very good at saying the meanest thing in the nicest possible way. Um, it, it takes killing them with kindness to a whole new meaning, really. Because you could really say something absolutely horrible to someone and sound so nice while you're doing it. You, they're not really sure if you're insulting them or not. It's pretty amazing. But uh, one of the things that you have to forget when you move to the South um, is that, you know, people haven't come in the South, haven't come as far as you think they have. Sure, there's racism everywhere, but it is very alive and well in the South. And I'm not saying anything bad on these Southern people because I'm here. I've been here 10 years. I'm, I'm halfway there, you know, but as far as being a Southerner, but just the things that I've seen, I could walk out of my house and walk down the street and see a Confederate flag flying. Now I know, I know it's the rebel flag. It's, it's for this, it's for that, you know, whatever meaning people put behind it at the end of the day, everybody up North knows that it had a different meaning and it was wrong to be flying that. It, you shouldn't be flying that. It was offensive to people. But again, loud and proud here in the South. Um, I've seen when they had this whole debacle going on in the government with the whole Confederate flag thing. Oh my God, I can't tell you how many trucks I saw with two flagpoles. One with the American flag, one with the Confederate flag sticking out the back, and they were driving through town. And I said, wow, that's really interesting. Um, you know, but I've seen it. Um, I've seen it with the cops. Um, you know, right in the city where I live, 
Um, most of the cops aren't too bad. They're pretty good. Now, I've, I've heard stories of the past of how they've not been so great, but they're, they're pretty good about being fair to everybody. On the other hand, I have lived in an area where the county cops had to come, not the city cops. And county police officers are another story. Um, now, not all of them are bad. I'm not saying they're bad cops. But some of them are very obviously racist as hell. And they don't care if they let you know it. They're going to treat you any kind of way, um, whether it be because you're a woman or because you're brown or because you're not one of the good old boys. I mean, it's it's really crazy. It blows my mind. Um, but now there's, yes, there is racism up north where I grew up. Do not get me wrong. But most of the time, you, just, you don't see it. You really don't. I mean, cops can be jerks anywhere. It doesn't matter. Um but, you know, where I grew up, most people, it's almost like, and I hate to say it this way, but it's almost like they knew their place. They knew that being racist wasn't right, but they wanted to be able to be that way, so they kept it to themselves, they kept it among their friends, they weren't very outwardly aggressive about it, and so, you know, you didn't see it that often. You still saw it, but not not as much. And also, too, I think a lot of people, um, some of the people, actually, that can come off as racist where I grew up um, weren't necessarily intentionally racist. They just didn't know any better uh, the way they were raised. Um, and now, there's some people in the South who, you know, were here, you know, they moved here from somewhere else, or they're from a different time, you know, they're older. Um, I, I know somebody who said colored people one time to somebody, and had no idea that it was actually considered offensive to some people. Um, where she grew up a little farther north, not uh, not too far, but she, you know, northern uh, north of the Mason Dixie line, anyway. Um, but she was from a different time where that was what you used to describe someone who was black. They were colored, and it wasn't offensive. She didn't realize that you know times have changed, and well, yeah, that's pretty offensive, actually. I grew up with a mom who used to use the word mulatto. And I had no idea as a kid that was offensive or derogatory or anything like that. Um, I never really thought about the word. I didn't hear it that often. I only ever heard her say it. So honestly, when I moved to the South and um, was talking to some friends and I'm asked about the word mulatto because, you know, that's that's a mixed race, white and brown baby or person and they said well it depends on who you ask it's not the worst but it is considered derogatory it is offensive to some I was like huh I didn't know that and it's not but I didn't use it so it's one of those things people in the south um tend to well not all again this isn't everybody but a lot of people in the south use the n-word very freely I hate that word, so I will not use it. Use it. You won't get me to use it. Um, they say it like it's part of everyday conversation and like it's not a big deal. And it is a big deal. That's not your word. You're white. You can't have it. It belongs to the brown people or the black people. That's their word. They can use it if they want to. They took it back from you 
when you get rid of slavery, you can't have it. It's just how it is. Um, I remember when I was working at a bank in South Carolina, and one of the young ladies that I worked with, she was absolutely amazing. I loved her. Um, I, w I won't tell you her name, but she was a brown girl. And she and I were working, I believe, next to each other one day. This was working, I was working inside. I used to work their drive through It was across the parking lot. So I would work by myself most often times. But on occasion, I was in the main lobby working. And in the beginning of the month, um, a lot of the older people would come in to get their Social Security checks out the bank. And one day... Uh, this little old white woman, she was cute as can be, teeny tiny little thing. She was next in line, and the person that had been in the young girl's window getting waited on had walked away. So she asked her if she could, you know, next person, please, you know, if I can assist you. This little old woman literally walked up to her window, looked her dead in the face, and said, Oh no, I'm not dealing with you. And I, I was shocked. I was like, what? Really? This, seriously, this was in like, I don't know, 2007? I'm like, what happened? Did I, did I miss something? And I mean, the girl that I worked with was genuinely offended, and I don't blame her. And I, I didn't know what to do because the person that had been in front of my window walked away, and the woman came to my window. I did not want to deal with her. I didn't want to wait on her. I didn't. Because that that offended me that she offended my coworker in such a horrible way. I mean, it, people here are, you know, and when I say they can say the meanest thing in the nicest way, but some people are real bold. They've got some serious balls. I mean, wow. Really kind of blows my mind. And again, you know, I love the people that I know in the South. I'm not saying anything wrong about them I'm just telling the truth not everybody's like that um, some people um, claim to not be racist but yet will say something racist kind of blows my mind um, the argument of I'm not racist I have black friends does not work I'm sorry just doesn't but I mean everyone here I mean, seriously, like, I, I, I had this whole big discussion with somebody, but I just didn't understand. When you hear some of the things that have happened to people of different races here, um, most of the information I've gotten from people who are brown, and you see the things you've seen, and you hear the things that have happened to them, and then you think back, well, what year was that? Oh, that was 2000, or that was 2001. And you go, wait a minute, really? Re that's That happened then? I thought that the South had really gone somewhere and got away from all... No, no. It's it's really ridiculous. So that's, that's a big, big thing. So if you ever plan to move from somewhere up north to the South, um, if you ever plan to leave your northern home believing that the South is different now, that the South has come a long way, you're wrong. And then, of course, you know, these days, with certain parties in charge, um, it's made some of them a little bit bolder. Um, I've seen it with my own two eyes, and 
I mean, it's in my own front yard. When someone can, when someone can scream, "F you!" and yell the N word, hey, you know, they feel bold. They feel empowered. That's just sick. Okay, that's really, that's terrifying. It is absolutely terrifying. And oh my God, you know, this state, the number of um, KKK, ugh, don't even get me started how many of those there are here. That's horrifying. I don't know how many are in Michigan. I, I mean, I don't know if there's any. I'm sure there is at least one. I have no idea. But like I said, it's a different, it's a different world here. You know, just some people will have your back if they hear someone talking down to you and treating you wrong. And at the same time, you could walk into a gas station and, you know, step to go walk, you know, go to step past somebody and say, excuse me, and have them turn around and just start talking crazy to you because you're the wrong color. It's really stupid. Really, really stupid. Um, you know what? Another thing that is uh, different is uh, religion. People in the South are much more outwardly religious. Um, about their, you know, they're they're more outwardly. They tend to preach their faith a little bit more than us Yankees, you know. And it was laughable for me because I'm not saying anything against religion, but I'm not the most religious person in the world. Um, I believe in prayer. And I believe that there is a God of sorts, but I'm not going to sit down and read the Bible over and over again. I'm not going to sit there and tell you that all you have to do is pray and everything will be fine. Because I see those people who believe in the power of prayer and will not take their child to a doctor and the child dies. Why? Because God doesn't perform miracles. At least that's what they say. But, you know, when I lived up north, I went to church when I was a little kid. Stopped going when I was in, I don't know, third grade after my grandmother died? No, not third grade. Well, no, I stopped going in third grade. That's not when my grandmother died, is what I'm saying. But I think I was in probably third grade, maybe fourth grade when I stopped going. Um, it just wasn't, you know, I went to Sunday school. It was a Lutheran church. I was even baptized. But do I go to church? No, absolutely not. Um... There's definitely some really unique differences, though. I mean, I've known people up north who are Baptists. And I've even gone to things at a Baptist church. And, you know, I'm, I'm not, like I said, I'm not the most religious person in the world, but I'm not going to be against going to check something out. I'm very curious. I like to learn things. Um, I, at one point, studied some interesting religions. And... Then I came here and I met a lot of Southern Baptist people. And in most cases, they're not my cup of tea. Um, I can't handle the church. Wow. Just wow. It's, it's a whole different world. You, you know, in Michigan, there's churches, sure. And there's some gorgeous churches. But there's not a ton of them. I mean, they're not on every street corner. Well, here, you drive up the road and you can't go too far without a seeing sign that says church. And next thing you know, there's the church. I have seen churches here that look like a warehouse. It is gigantic. And it doesn't even look like a church. 
Now, I think if it's going to be a church, shouldn't it look like what you expect a church to look like? I remember the church I went to when I was a kid. The pastor lived on the property. He had horses. It was a tiny little church. I mean, little white painted church with, you know, red doors or whatever. I don't know. And that's something that weirded me out a little bit. Um, you know, people tell me, oh, do you go to church? No. No, I don't. Sorry. Um, but people do try to preach it here. Very hard. You know, in Michigan, if you don't believe the same faith as somebody or if you're not down for whatever they're, they're shelling out, they shut up. They let it go. They don't bother you. Here, um, some people will let it go. Some will let it go. But um, there's a lot of people that won't. They will really push that religion on you. And if you don't believe it or you believe something else, they'll go that extra mile to try to convince you. And um, I don't know. I wasn't subscribing. I wasn't buying it. I've been there a few times. Now, I've, I've been to um, church services. I've gone to the hall. Um, I've been with the Jehovah's Witnesses. I've had some pretty bad um, representation of those growing up. Uh, but actually, the ones that I've met are pretty, pretty wonderful. They're pretty amazing. And they don't push their religion on you, like people seem to think they do. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, like I said, I'm not the most religious person in the world. But, wow. But I guess I'm in the Bible Belt, right? So I'm in the South, and that's what they call this here is the Bible Belt. So I guess it's to be expected. But man, I think what blows my mind more than anything is the size of some of these churches. Uh, they're seriously gigantic and look like warehouses. It scares me. Now, up north, um, this was something that I discovered a long time ago. When you live up north and you grow up up north... When you turn 18, as a male, if you're turning 18 and you graduate high school, you generally have three options. You can, of course, leave and go to college and go live in the dorms somewhere at a university. Or you join the military. Or you can stay at home and work and pay rent or take classes and work and pay rent either way. In some cases, you can stay home and go to school and still stay with your parents and not have to pay rent. But you've got to do something. But in the South, this is a real kicker. Um, in the South, kids will live with their parents until they're you know, 25. And I don't mean like in a roommate situation where they share the bills. I mean... They literally live at their mom and dad's house. They might even still have a curfew and their parents still pay their bills. Holy shit. For real? I mean, whoa. That's, I wish someone paid my bills till I was 25. Like I've been paying my own bills since I was 16. Jesus. That's amazing. I couldn't believe it. And, you know, when my best friend was still alive, she'd moved to South Carolina. And she told me, people here live with their parents since they're like 23, 25. And I was like, no way. We don't do that. Because in Michigan, as a female, when you turn 18, you get the fuck out. I mean, that's just how it is. Because sometimes the rules you have to live under just suck. And you don't want to live under them. So when you hit 18, you're gone. 
It doesn't matter if you're going to college, if you move out and get your own place, you don't care, you're gone. Now, there's some rare instances, of course, you might stay at home, um, you know, if you had a kid young, you might need some help, or, you know, you're taking community college, and you want to, you know, get, you know, save some money up and get something better, whatever, you know, there's a few instances here and there where you stay at home, and you pay your bills, you pay your way, you pay your part. I mean, even I went home after college for the summer, um, I think it was after my first year of college when I went home, and I lived with my godfather. I had my own room, and I had my own space where I kept my own groceries. I bought my own food. Um, I ate dinner with them on occasion. They invited me to eat dinner with them, and you know. But usually, I bought my own groceries. I had my own room, did my own laundry. I even paid for my own long distance calls. Yes, this is quite some time ago, um, when you still had to pay for long distance calls. But you know, I had my own car payment, my own car insurance, everything. I had my own bills. And I paid rent. Um, I didn't pay a lot of rent, sure, um, because it was the home that I lived in originally. But, you know, you pay your way. That doesn't happen here like that. Now, there are situations where people live in the same home as their parents um, or one of their parents, and they share the bills. But it's not a, oh, you need to be home by such and such time because you're grown and you live under my roof. No. This is a shared agreement, and it's a roommate situation, and you do what you do. Make sure your bills are paid. That's different. But, oh my God, the amount of people that have their parents still pay their bills blows my mind. Now, there's, you know, I still can't, I'm sorry, I can't get over it. It really just blows my mind how many people still have that going on. They live with their parents for so long. And I mean, like, not even the people, you know, the, the, creepy guy who lives in his mom's basement and he's like 45 playing video games and he's no job no wife no girlfriend he just stays down there and plays video games that's creepy but those guys they're everywhere doesn't matter if they're in the south or the north eh, they're all over the place but i'm talking about the ones who have ambitions to go on and do something they're going to school they don't like I said, in Michigan, as a woman, if you hit 18 and you're still at home, if you don't leave right away, you're itching to leave. You are doing everything you can do to get the hell out that house. Not anything against your parents. No offense to them. You just want to get the hell out because that's what you do. You know, there's the door. Don't let it hit you in the ass on the way out. But not down here. Wow. People stay at home forever, it seems like. So it's kind of, you know, amazing. Oh, and another thing, you know what else is different? You know, in Michigan, you can walk down the street and people will nod at you. They'll smile at you. They might even say hi. But for the most part, they might just acknowledge that you're there, but they don't really say anything or anything like that. Um, people drive by and see people sitting outside on the porch and they just kind of stare at you and keep on going. Here? Oh, nope. You're sitting outside on your porch and someone drives by. Most likely, they're going to wave at you. I remember when I first moved to the South, and I was living in South Carolina, and I was sitting out on my front porch with one of my roommates, and I was smoking a cigarette, and someone had come down, and we lived on a cul-de-sac, and someone came down to turn around on the cul-de-sac, and when they turned around, they went by, and they waved, and she waved back, and I said, do you know who that is? She said, no. I said, well, why'd they wave? Do they know you? She said, no. I said, well, why'd they wave, and why'd you wave back? She said, well, that's just what people do here. Really? Okay, well, that's new. I was like, people don't do that in Michigan. 
on occasion, but not mostly. They'll wave at somebody they know. When you walk down the street here, people will nod and smile and say, how you doing? Hope you have a good day. And I'm like, what? Hi. Don't know you. Going to keep going. Like, I was really taken aback at first because I, you know, it creeped me out a little bit because I thought, I'm like, what, are they going to rob me? Do they want something from me? Are they creepy? Like, what is it? Why are they talking to me? Now, I've gotten used to it. And I walk down the street and I do it. I'll see somebody. I could stand in the grocery store line and strike up a conversation with a complete, total stranger about absolutely nothing. But that's how it is here. I probably could do that anywhere, though. I just like to talk to people. But, yeah, that was, you know, people up north are dry. And we are. We know we are. I have a very sick, twisted, dry sense of humor. And a lot of people here don't get it. In fact, it kind of irks them a little bit. But, you know, it's me. I don't I don't change. You can take the girl out of Michigan, but you can't take the Michigan out of the girl. It's just how it is. But, you know, things are so different. I mean, there's, a, like I said, there are some things that are similar. Um, you know, parenting is pretty similar. Um, I've had friends growing up who got kicked out at 15 by their dad for doing something stupid. Now, they don't necessarily kick them out here um, at 15. They're not going to throw them out, but they're going to be in trouble. Don't get me wrong. Um, but dads are, you know, moms and dads are just as hard on kids here as they are back home. Um, you know. People here homeschool, people there homeschool. People here, you know, have family nights. They have family dinner nights or that, you know, you're a kid growing up, you got chores to do. That doesn't change. I mean, that's that's kind of a universal thing. Um, even people up north who, you know, may not have the most tight-knit family have family nights. Maybe not as often, but um, family is a big thing in the south, very big thing. A lot of southern families are humongous, too. Um, I mean, if people up north have big families, half the time you don't know it unless you go to a family reunion or something, but you don't know it. People in the South, oh my God, these, some of these families are huge and like they know, they're, they're, they know everybody that's everybody and they're all close together and it's like, what? There's a city that's not far from where I live that it's a, it's a little bit of a, what we would call, you know, it's, it's country. Okay. Well, I'm going to be nice. Um, it's country, and they will have this plot of land. I mean, it's huge, acres of land, and it'll have five houses on it, and they're all family. It's the mother and the father, the son and the daughter, the cousin, the grandma. I mean, they're all there. It's one of the aunts or the uncles or something, you know. I mean, it's five houses. They're all family, and they stay on that. And, you know, they move around a little bit. Maybe someone dies and someone moves into the big house. I mean, I don't know. It's it's crazy. But family's um, taken very seriously here. Um, up north, there's a little more freedom to that. Uh, not that people don't care about family up north. They do. Um, family is a big deal no matter how you look at it. But it's... Up north, you know who your family is, and most people will know who your family is. But the way that they present it here is very different. Um, you know, I'd fight for anybody in my family, without a doubt. No no question. But here, they let you know. I mean, <laughs> you know, something doesn't even have to happen, and they'll let you know. Um, it's But it's nice, because family feels like it means more. And it, like I said, it means a lot up north, but you don't get the same feeling from it.
Um, Southern hospitality is different here. But, you know, like I said, where I came from, I came from the Midwest. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people here and they say, oh, you're from the Midwest. You know, the nicest people I've ever met are from there. Okay, cool. Thanks. Appreciate the compliment. I had no idea because most of the nicest people I've met, uh, I don't know. I don't think they're necessarily from the Midwest per se, but I don't know if they're from the South either. But I've, I've met some really nice people in the South. Don't get me wrong. I like it here. I like the weather here. Um, but I don't think I want to be here forever. Um, this There's some things here that just make me wonder, like the racism. and I don't think I want my kids growing up around it. They've grown up enough around it. They, they know what it is. And my five-year-old looked at me one day and said, you know what, Mommy? God should have made me brown. I about died laughing because I thought it was the cutest thing ever. But um, when my, he's eight now, when he was younger, you could ask him what color he was. And he used to tell you he was black. Don't, if you look at him, he doesn't look any color of brown. But the racism here is what really gets me the most out of anything. And the fact that it just seems to be where people are getting bolder and it's gotten worse. Yeah, I'm good. I think I can live without it. So if I decide to leave or when I decide to leave more like. I might miss a few things. I'll miss the mountains. I'll miss the pretty. I'll miss some of the people I met. But that's probably about all I miss. Now that's not to say I'm going to go back up north. Oh, no, 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 no. I left Michigan for a reason. I did think about going back once. But I'm good with that one too. Um, even if I went to a big city there, I think I'm good. I think if I leave here or when I leave here, it'll be something different, something bigger, and something more unique. Something that might fit me and my family a little bit better. But that might be for another day. Maybe someday I'll tell you about it when I get it all completely figured out. But until then, this is where I'm at. Hanging out in the South. Avoiding sweet tea because I can't stand to drink it. I'm sorry. Every now and again eating my fried chicken from Bojangles and my biscuits and just dealing with people. Um, other than that, I'm just doing my thing here. So that's it for tonight. Um, I guess that was a little bit of a rant, but you know, it happens sometimes. There's a lot of differences and you know, sometimes you got to flush them out a little bit to really see. But I hope everybody has a wonderful night and I will see you all next time. Thank you.